welcome to Church of the Harvest Online. We're excited that you could join us today. Pastor Mike has a great message prepared for us today. But before we do that, let's jog into worship. I'm not doing that. <laughs>
for the wits. Happy, Happy Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. Before we get started, I just wanted to out. It wasn't from the garden, but nice. I just wanted to, I know you're not my mother. Are these from the kids? Yes, they are. Wow. Okay, thank you. Just adore you with these wonderful Mother's Day flowers and um, just thank you for all the motherly duties you've done for thank our you. children over the years. Thank you. These are beautiful. <laughs> all right, thanks. So we have a few quick announcements to share with you this morning. The blood drive is coming up next Wednesday, May 13th, and there's three ways you can help. You can volunteer to give, registering at redcrossblood.org slash give. We already have 42 out of 49 spots filled, so there are seven spots needed to be filled. So if there are no other spots left, please contact Danny Boutain. Go ahead and download the Red Cross app or go online at redcross.com and fill out the rapid pass the day of the donation. And prior to, on May 12th, we will need help moving chairs to set things up, and we're going to do that at 6.15 p.m. And then the following day, on May 13th, we will need help moving the chairs back again, and we'll do that at 7.15. And last but not least, we ask you to pray for the event. Spring Life groups are starting May 17th. If you're interested in leading a group, please let Stacy Daigie know by Monday or soon as possible. The life groups go about six to eight weeks and it's open to whatever you wanna do. Kids, women, men, please contact her for more information and how you can set up your life group. Saturday morning prayer will continue. If you'd like to join in person, we'll have the church open and ready practicing physical distancing. As always, we'll be live on Facebook. Join Pastor Mike every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Alexio app on your phone, right? Um, when did she join the church? Jerry, she didn't. That's Alexa. Oh, you mean that's what's on my phone? The Alexio app. Not Alexa, not Eliza, Alexio. You know Perfect. where you get to find all the people that are members of the church and you can give here online? It all Alex makes sense now. Alexio. Alexio, I like that sound. Last but not least, uh, we would like people, if you have any prayer requests, to email those to the church at harvestalexandria.com slash prayer. We'd really like to hear from you and pray for any needs that you have. Again, we just want to wish all the mothers out there happy Mother's Day. And now here's Jeremiah Burnham with the tithing message. Morning Church, my name is Jeremiah Burnham and I serve here on the guest services team and I want to bring you the tithe message today. But first let's talk a little bit about investing and expenses, something we can all kind of relate to. When you think of an investment, you may think of like a car or some property or a house, which are all really great examples and they have some differences, but they all have some similarities as well as when you invest in something, you expect a return of a service or a product. So for example, you would never invest $500 into a car, into a beater car or a mechanic special and expect it to get you from here to let's say the West Coast on a family vacation. In similar fashion, let's listen to what Paul has to say in 2 Corinthians 9.6. He says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. See, these things take time and effort and a little bit of funding. In fact, later in his letter, in chapter 9, verse 10 through 11, it says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You see, church, we're not all called to do cross-culture ministry or even cold cult ministry here on the streets of Alexandria, but we all do have an obligation and we are all called to do our part in serving the community and bringing those to Christ around us. Part of that is through the tithe. So you see, I see the tithe as kind of like an investment. The greatest investment you can invest your money in and here's why. When you tithe, you fund by putting boots on the ground in places you and I may not and probably will never be able to go. So for example, that's like us providing the seed for the sower or providing the bread for food. Along with that, you keep the lights on in the church, you keep the staff here that need to stay and in the church, 
Like I said, you fund ministries across the ocean, places you and I may not ever go, and you help fund activities and events here around the community that help people reach Christ. And that's not even to mention the thousands of lives that have been changed and rebought with the blood of Jesus because of your giving. So I highly encourage you to participate with me in this investment this morning. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this wonderful opportunity to serve you through the tithe. We ask and pray that you take these blessings and expand your kingdom in this community and in this world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks, church. Well, it's finally happened. You've moved out. You're on your own. Congratulations. But everyone still needs a little help sometimes. Mom, have you seen my wallet? It's in your back pocket. No, I checked there. Your other back pocket, dear. Ah. Thanks, Mom. Introducing the Mom Personal Assistant, the only smart speaker device with all the wisdom, caring, and sage advice of a mother. Mom, please call Brad. Honey, I'm just not sure he's right for you. Just call him. Okay, calling Ryan. No, Mom, I said call Brad. Trust me. The Mom PA always has your best interests in mind. Wish me luck, Mom. Big interview today. Did you eat breakfast? Uh... Is that what you're wearing? Wait, what? <laughs> Did you even shower? She's there to provide a helping hand whenever you need it. Mom, set a timer for 40 minutes. Mom? The mom personal assistant won't function until you say the magic word. Oh, right. Mom, please set a timer for 40 minutes. Sure thing, hon, but it's only 30 minutes for that dish. The mom PA is always correct and basically knows everything. Mom, what setting should I use for this laundry? Mom, do you think I should color my hair? Hey mom, can you please order mac and cheese? You still have two boxes. What? No, we're out. Did you look? Yeah, I just looked, it's gone. Do you want me to look? Uh, no, no, it's okay. I'll go look again. Try looking with your eyes this time. Based on God's perfect design, the mom personal assistant is thoughtful, kind, encouraging, and supportive. You are beautiful. It's okay. You're gonna get through this. I am so proud of you. You can change the world. But right now, hon, you really need to change your socks because they smell like a dumpster. Ugh, mom. The mom personal assistant. Always helpful, always reliable, and always there for you. Well, good morning, Church for the Harvest family and friends. We want to welcome you to our service today online. And I want to give a shout out to the moms. Happy Mother's Day today. Uh, what a beautiful day celebrating moms. Uh, would love to have been there uh, with all of you personally, as we've had services in the past or Mother's Day where we just are come together and have a special gift for you, but uh, I will have a special prayer for moms at the end of the service, uh, and so I want you to just continue to tune into that, a special prayer for moms on this Mother's Day. But uh, before we uh, uh, begin here, I just want to give a, another shout-out announcement here for our Harvest Blood Drive that's coming up uh, this Wednesday, this Wednesday, the 13th of May. From 1 to 7, uh, we'll be having it here at the church. Just encourage you to invite family and friends. It's going to be a, a safe uh, uh, way to give blood, and the, the Red Cross is involved with this, and uh, there's a tremendous need. So uh, we encourage you uh, to give blood uh, for our Harvest Blood Drive. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, I think of Mother's Day and we all have uh, stories of how our moms have impacted our lives and, and uh, funny, funny things that happened growing up. And then so I, so I thought about, oh, let's just kind of lighten things up. And, and I want to share a few uh, Mother's Day jokes with you. So, so bear with me. Uh, so one day a little girl was sitting and watching her mother do the dishes at the kitchen sink. And she suddenly noticed that her mom had several strands of of white hair sticking out in contrast to her brunette hair. And she looks at her mother and inquisitively asks, you know, why are some of your hairs white, mom? Well, her mother replied, every time that you do something wrong and make me cry or unhappy, one of my hairs turns white. <laughs> the little girl thought about this revelation for a while, then she asked, mama, how come all of grandma's hairs are white? <laughs> all right, here's another one for you. Mom, are bugs good to eat? Asked the boy. Mom shouts back, son, let's not talk about such things at the dinner table. The mom replied, 
So after a while, after dinner, the mom uh, inquired, now baby, why did you want to ask me about that? What was, well, why were you asking me about bugs? He said, oh, it's nothing, mama, the boy replied. There was a big bug in your soup, but now it's gone. <laughs> Can I get you one more? A little girl asked her mom, how did the human race appear? Well, the mom answered, God made Adam and Eve, and, and they had children, and, and that's how mankind came about by God's creation. And so she, she thought about that, said, okay. A couple days later, she went to ask her dad the same question. The dad answered, well, many years ago, there was monkeys from which the human race evolved, and, and we came from monkeys. The confused girl returned to her mom and said, mom, how is it possible that you told me the human race was created by God and dad said that we came from monkeys? Mom says, listen to me, honey. It's very simple. I told you about my side of the family and your father told you about his side of the family. <laughs> well, amen. This would be a, a great time to, to open up in prayer. Amen, church. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Let's take a moment and pray. Lord God, I humble myself before you and I ask that you speak through me and give to your people what they need to hear today uh, in this unique season that we are in. Lord, I bless all those who have tuned in and online and, 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 and family and friend and extended family and just uh, those uh, uh, maybe even outside the state. I just speak a blessing over their life and, and I speak peace to them. And then you would meet them at their point of need here today. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone says amen. Amen. Hey, I want to give a shout out to our many, many friends and uh, acquaintances and uh, missionaries that are in Sri Lanka. Yes, in Sri Lanka, the great nation of Sri Lanka. We have been going to the nation of Sri Lanka for um, well, 20 years. We started in, in 2000 and taking teams and missions trips in and doing uh, youth conferences and pastors conference and leaders conference and speaking at churches and helping to establish churches. And, and so all of the great and tremendous leaders in Sri Lanka and pastors and the tremendous apostolic network, Pastor Woody and Mel have and uh, all the pastors and ministry that are that are taking place there and the outreach. We give a shout out at Harvest You. We want you to know that we love you and we want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. Uh, and so we just, we send our love and shout our love to you for all our uh, friends in Sri Lanka. Let us know. Let us know you're listening in, you're tuning in uh, all the way across the world there in that beautiful island of Sri Lanka. God bless the nation of Sri Lanka. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to just continue in the series I started uh, last week about following Jesus. This is the second week in our series, Following Jesus. In. And uh, I subtitled this, uh, maybe this is a two-part uh, message in, in the second part of this series. What am I still missing? What am I still missing? And I'll explain in a moment. But my text has been in Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily. Follow me. Follow me, Jesus says. For whoever wants to save his life is going to lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save him. Very quickly, last week we, we kind of touched on um, that we only get a relationship with God on his terms, not our terms. And we talked about that, you know, we cannot change those rules of engagement. It is what it is. That's how God set it up, but we need to do it God's way. Amen. And I said this, that the gospel, it costs nothing. It's a free gift. We cannot buy the gospel. We cannot earn it through religious duty or deeds of compassion or kindness and all those things, albeit they're good. The gospel can only be received, we know, as a free gift compliments of God's grace. And so I said, so the gospel costs nothing, but watch this, it demands everything. And that's where a lot of Christians, see, this is a believer's message. I'm speaking to believers here today. That's where a lot of us, we, we get, we wind up in a spiritual no man's land, or I titled it 
the DMZ, the Christian DMZ zone. That's the dead man zone. That's that area we talked on the 38th parallel about uh, North Korea and South Korea, kind of a dead man zone. And you say, well, what do you mean <clears throat> for a Christian? Practically speaking, we wind up in the Christian DMZ where we're too Christian to enjoy sin and too sinful to enjoy Christ. Hmm. We have just enough Jesus to be informed, but not enough to be actually transformed. We want everything that God has to offer us, amen, without giving anything up. Hmm. We want buy-in, but don't really want to totally sell out to the Lord. <clears throat> We're afraid that if we don't hold out on God, somehow we are going to miss out on what this life <clears throat> has to offer us. And my brothers and sisters, as I said last week, that's a lie. That's a lie that the enemy uh, constantly tells us. And he's the same lie he spoke to Eve in the garden through the serpent, <clears throat> questioning God, did God say, <clears throat> questioning his word. <clears throat> and I use the scripture in Psalms 84, 11, that God is not holding out on you and me. He's not holding out on us. The Bible says no good thing <clears throat> does God withhold from those, <clears throat> excuse me, who walk uprightly. I'm going to take a moment here and take a little water break. Uh, I'd like to know how many are drinking coffee right now. If you're drinking coffee, chime in and say, Pastor Mike, I'm drinking coffee, even though I'm drinking some water right now. And your coffee, let me know if you have cream or not in it. Amen. <clears throat> God bless you all. Amen. So we said that if you don't hold out on God, God won't hold out on you. And it's really, it's all or nothing, being all in. And that's really what this is about when we talk about following Jesus. Okay, my text. My text, uh, the rich young ruler, Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verses 17 to 27. I'm just take a moment because I think it's important uh, for, for the remainder of this message and, and possibly even for, for next week, Lord willing, about following the Lord, following the Lord, reading these verses here. So just, just bear with me as we read God's word. As Jesus was coming out to the road, a man came running. I want you to underline that. Running to him and he knelt in front of him and he asked, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, never murder, never commit adultery, don't steal, never give false testimony, never cheat, honor your father and mother. The man replied, teacher, I have obeyed all these commandments since I was a boy. And then the Bible says, Jesus looked at him and he loved him. Hmm. And he told him, you're still missing one thing. Underline that if you would. Or some translations say, one thing is lacking. One thing is lacking. And then he, Jesus goes right to the juggler. He says this, sell everything that you have. What? <laughs> sell everything you have? Give the money to the poor. So don't just sell what you have and put it in the stock market. Give the money to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. And watch this. This is what I want you to get, this next thing Jesus says. Then follow me. Wow. Follow me. When the man heard that, he looked unhappy. His countenance was sad because he had a lot of money and he had a lot of property, the Bible says. And Jesus looked around and said to the disciples, how hard will it be for rich people to enter God's kingdom? And the disciples, notice their response. It says they were stunned by his words. But Jesus said to them again, children, how hard is it to enter God's kingdom? And he said it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter God's kingdom. And then the Bible goes on to say again that this amazed his disciples more than ever. But Jesus looked at them and said, it is impossible for people to save themselves. Hmm. But it is not impossible for God to save them. Everything is possible for God. Amen. What a rich text here. And actually really a convicting text to, <clears throat> in light of what I want to share with you. Talking about following Jesus. What am I missing? And Jesus goes right to the juggler once again. And he, go, he gets to the core of what really this man's issue was. This man's issue. <clears throat> and so I want you to notice, they said, underlined that this man came running. You know, what are you running after? <laughs> you say, well, right now, Pastor, we're doing a lot of sitting. We'd not be able to run anywhere. I get it. I get it. And like we're at. But, but, but really, 
I'm talking about our life focus. Hear me now, please. What are you running? This man was pursuing materialistic uh, security, uh, uh, monetary things, and he had a lot of it. But he was also obeying the law and how he felt. And so, and so when I think about that, he came running. So he saw Jesus, and he didn't just kind of stroll and say, you know, I'm going to wait till he comes by. He saw him, he took off, and he ran towards Jesus. And if someone would have saw that, saw that at that time, the first impression when I got is, wow, this guy's really passionate. I mean, he, he loves the Lord. He recognizes something about this religious man, the Bible says. And, and he knelt in front of him. Okay? He just didn't run and stop. He, he humbled himself before God Almighty. Amazing. And so, and so I just think I'd throw that out as a question in life. What are you chasing after? What, what are you running after? What are you pursuing that is, that's causing you to not really follow Jesus wholeheartedly? And hopefully we can answer some of those things at the end of the service that that as, as we bring more out here as God speaks. And so, and so we, there's this dialogue of the commandments. Jesus says, you know, you call me good, you know, master teacher. And we know that he was God. He was God in, in the flesh, the Bible says, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But, but the commandments Jesus throw at him are all having to do with his fellow man. You know, love your neighbor as yourself and you know, you know, don't steal, don't give false testimony, honor mom and dad. Those are all, I would say, horizontal uh, commandments. But the first few are vertical commandments. Come on, somebody. Amen. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Uh, you shall not make it to be any graven image. In other words, no idols in your life. See, that's what Jesus goes after. He said, okay, you've done a pretty decent job, at least in your mind you thought. And I, I like it how Jesus didn't criticize him and say, ah, no, no. He loved him. So there was, there was something that this man in his heart was religiously trying to accomplish, but he was missing the mark. He was missing the mark. And Jesus goes right to the core. He says, you know what? Loving God wholeheartedly and not have any idols and idols and, and monetary and possessions can become an idol in our life, can become an idol in our life. And so Jesus addresses that, that whole vertical relationship with God. And the Bible says that the guy immediately, all this ambition and felt he was right religiously, the steam went out of him, right? His countenance fell. Everyone saw that because it's like Jesus went to the core. And let me just tell you something, my brothers and sisters, every single one of us has a core, <laughs> myself included. Every single one of us, we have a core. There's something that if Jesus was standing here specifically, you could maybe share your arguments and your reasoning, bup, 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 this, my mom and dad, that, but, but Jesus would say he would love on you and he would say, but what about this? And you know for certain, <laughs> that would be the thing that's convicting. That's the God we serve. But here's the thing. We have the Holy Spirit, if you're a believer. I'm speaking to believers today, and, and, and you have the Holy Spirit if you're a believer. And God is there, and His Spirit is speaking, but are we listening? Are we listening? Amen? So, and then Jesus goes, goes on to talk about how hard it is into the kingdom, and, and He uses an analogy, and uh, some of you may have heard this, but for years I didn't understand it, but he said, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich person to enter God's kingdom. And as a kid, I would think about that. It's like, <clears throat> how fine would I have to grind up or burn, uh, you know, to, to ashes a camel to get it through the eye of the needle? I mean, it's hard enough as it is, even with glasses on at my age, to thread a needle. You know, you got to wet that thing and you have to keep working at that. And that's not, you know, really the analogy. Uh, the analogy was actually from a historical standpoint that most of the cities, when they closed their gates <clears throat> at night to protect them and barred those gates, there was a, an area where they would have was a small, and I've actually seen this in when I went, visited uh, Israel in 1988 for the Feast of Pentecost. Uh, they had what an area, it's a small little arched area <clears throat> that is really only yay high. Uh, and it, it was called the Eye of the Needle. So a massive army, only one person, one at a time, would be able to barely have to bend down and get through there, even with his armaments. So if a traveler was coming, <clears throat> the gates were closed. They're not opening those gates for you. So they'd have to go through the Eye of the Needle. So in other words, they have their camel there, 
They have all their backpacks, maybe their food and distribution. <clears throat> so they would have to unload all that stuff off the camel. They'd have to get the camel down, basically, you know, and they would have to have the camel push the camel through, which barely fit to the side of the needle, then drag all their stuff through. In other words, it's possible, but it's really challenging. It's a lot of effort because all of this baggage and stuff slows us down and it's difficult, especially when there are idols in our life. Somebody needs to say amen or oh me. If you could tweet that one, text that one. So, but here's the thing. Most of us spend most of our lives accumulating the wrong things. Isn't that right? We accumulate the wrong things. We bought into the commercial lie that more is actually more. Uh, there was a t-shirt years ago and I was a youth pastor that some kid had and, and, and it said this. He said, the guy who dies with the most toys win. You know what? No, so. Not at all. That is not true. The guy who dies with the most toys just dies with the most toys and he can't take anything with him. And someone else gets them. <laughs> That's a fact. But the, you know, the guy who dies with the most toys does not win. Why? Because we mistakenly think that the more <clears throat> we give, then the, actually the less that we will have. But you see, in God's upside down economy, come on somebody, <clears throat> our logic is backwards. Why is it backwards? Well, Watch this. You ultimately lose. Watch this. You ultimately lose whatever you keep. And you ultimately keep whatever you lose for the cause of Christ. That's how God's kingdom economy works. Amen? That's how God's economy works. You know, on paper, the uh, rich young ruler, he was the embodiment of religiosity. I mean, he was the picture, the child of what it means to be a virtuous young man who, who kept certain of the commandments in his mind. And he was that picture of religiosity. But how many know religiosity and hypocrisy, they're kind of kissing cousins, amen? And so the rich young ruler is the opposite of really what, it, what we're trying to communicate in these messages about what it means to follow Jesus. And this guy's life, watch this, is a standing warning. And this is the warning for all of us here today. Watch this. If we hold out on God, listen to me, we miss out on everything God wants to do in us, for us, and through us. Did you hear that? I'm going to say that again. If we hold out on God, we miss out on everything God wants to do in your life, for you, through you. He has great things in store. But when we hold out and we hang on to these materialistic things, whatever they may be, we miss out on truly life. Of course, the flip side is true also. You know, over my life in ministry, I, I've, met, I've met some people. I've traveled on a number of missions trips. Um, and I remember one time I was in the Philippines. I was actually stationed there uh, in uh, Subic Bay with the United States Marine Corps. And uh, we would go out and do some patrols. And then we were out in the city at times in uh, um, <clears throat> McSaisai um, Bay and, and that area and Longapo. And I remember uh, I actually saw this and I, I'll never forget this picture. There was a bunch of people, they were infirmed and beggars and they were begging and there was a man, I think it just I think it was a man, because it wasn't a boy, and they actually had a spiked collar on, and his hands were clubbed in his his, his feet, but he, he walked on all four and another human being had him chained like an animal. I'll never forget that as a 20-year-old young man. And, and so it, it, people were, were demon-possessed. And so I, I've seen some people demon-possessed in my life. And, but here's the thing. I've met a ton of people possessed by their positions. Amen? You know, we see a lot of that. You know, we don't see a lot of, but it's out there, demon possession. But there's a lot of people possessed by their possessions. Amen. In other words, they don't own things. Those things own them. Things are what define them. Things, whatever those things, the new boat, uh, the new garage, the new shed, the new car, the new house, the, the, the wardrobe, the new hairstyle, uh, whatever it may be, outward things, things that we buy so that create security, a facade of security, those things own us. Those things own us. And, and, and those are possessions. Those are things that are idle in our life, idle. And so we see that that is certainly true of this rich young ruler. 
You know, this guy had everything that money could buy. He was rich, the Bible said. Back then, rich, that means you had a lot, a lot of means. This guy had his whole life in front of him, really, if you think about it. He could call his own shots. He could say, you know what, I want a house here in Jerusalem and maybe over here near the Dead Sea, and, and he could have whatever he wanted. He could do, he had the means for that. He could call his own shots. But here's the thing. Something was missing in his life that caused him, when he saw Jesus, to run to him. Because he knew that this man knows something that I don't know. And he ran. Something. One thing is lacking. Something. He said, well, how do you know? How do you know? Because, well, the emptiness in this guy's soul, watch this. The emptiness in his soul was evidenced by the question that he asked Jesus in essence, what am I missing? Right? He runs to Jesus and I've said all these things, but how do I get eternal life? In other words, I'm trying, I'm uh, doing everything right, but I don't have that assurance. What, what am I missing? What am I missing? See, the rich young ruler, he had everything. Everything we think we want. Come on now, right? We think we want. He was rich. He was young. He was in a position of power. He had his strength. I mean, what more could he possibly want? I mean, what drove him, once again, to run to Jesus, to run to Jesus? What could he possibly be missing? I mean, he did everything right that society said he should be doing at this time in his life. But here's the thing. He, why was he miserable? Because he, he felt a need to once again run to Jesus and kneel before him and ask, basically, what am I missing? What am I missing? That's a question for you and I here today. And many of you feel that sense, you know, I'm trying everything, doing everything, but, but what am I missing? There's something you're missing. And Jesus has an answer. He knows the answer for that for your life. And I believe he's going to speak to you here today. What you are missing. What you are missing. And see, the answer really is easy. It's, it's really not difficult what we're missing. And it really speaks to all of us. And you ready? It's this here. This rich young ruler, he was following the rules, but he wasn't following Jesus. Did you get that? I'm going to say that again. He was following the rules, but he wasn't following Jesus. Oh, come on, somebody. Somebody needs to retext that or tweet that, or at least give a thumbs up. Following the rules, but not following Jesus. Hmm. Wow. <clears throat> following the rules. You know how you follow the rules? I, I remember one time without following Jesus, I, I stayed at this kid's house and the parents, they, they were kind of strict religious and this kid, he didn't have really any relationship with the Lord as far as I knew and he was older than me and I kind of hung out, not much. I didn't know him really well and, and he said, well, I can come and I can play at this certain time and I was maybe like 12 and he was maybe 14 or whatever and and as it hung out, I said, we could go bike riding and we could go do this. But I got first things I got to do, you know, make my bed and do it. It's like, OK, those are good uh, disciplinary things. But but uh, uh, well, then he, he said something really strange. He said, I got to read a chapter in my Bible every day. I said, oh, that was interesting. I said, why do you got to read a chapter of the Bible? Because mom and dad said, I have to. I can't go out and play unless I read a chapter of the Bible every day. So he just sat there, and I was there with them, and I just watched him, and 14 years old, and he just flipped it open. It was like this task, and he's like, oh, okay. All right, let's go. <laughs> you know? and, and I just thought, you know what that is? <clears throat> That's following the rules without following Jesus. Come on, somebody. And some of us, you think, well, if I just do this rule here, if I, just, if I just do my chapter, and listen, there's nothing wrong with that. And there are times when I read my Bible, I just think, Jesus, I didn't get anything from that. Help me. Help me, Lord. You know, like going through the book of Numbers, so-and-so begat, so-and-so. But even in that, God can speak to us. Amen. But, but what am I talking about? We can follow the rules, you know, and you can have your little, you know, things that you do. And, 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 but we're, we're following the things we feel we need to do, but are we really following Jesus? Are we really following Jesus? And, and that's what I want to talk to you about. See, the rich young ruler, once again, he was following the rules, but he wasn't following Jesus. You know what I... I think that's true for far too many people and far too many churches. 
<clears throat> you know, you could say that the, the rich young ruler ranked as one of the most religious people in the pages of Scripture. Really, when you think about uh, the accolades, you know, he, he boasted about what he did. The Bible says that he kept all the, all the commandments. He said he kept all, all the commandments. In other words, he did nothing wrong. But here's the thing. Watch this. Watch this. You can, you can do nothing wrong and still do nothing right. Did you get that? Let me say that again. You can do nothing wrong, but still do nothing right. He said, well, what, what do you mean, Pastor Mike? What, what do you mean? You know, really, there's an inference in the scripture about the sins of commission and the sins of omission. Some of you may have heard that. Let me explain, explain briefly. Sin of omission, sin of commission. The sins of commission are those sinful actions that are, I could say this, proactively done. Lying, stealing, cheating, uh, beer and false witness, all those things. Uh, these are examples of the sins of commission, sins of commission. Now, a sin of omission means to omit, to, to not do. What do you mean? It's a sin that takes place of not doing that something is that not doing something that you should be doing or something that is right to do. Do you understand that? So an example would include, you know what? God is stirring within your heart and he really wants this discipline of prayer in your life and you kind of have this, well, when I get around to it, you know, when I, when, I, when I get to it eventually. And, you know, those are sins of omission, you know. God has is, is, is been drawing you to have a consistent, not a legalistic, but a consistent, steady, life-giving diet of feeding on His Word, getting God's Word in your spirit. And, yeah, you know, you just, yeah, yeah, just, I'm real busy. I'm real busy, you know, and I, I don't have the time for that. But a lot of that excuse doesn't work in this season we're at. Amen? For, for some of us. <laughs> so, you know, sins of omission, sin of commission. You know, uh, a sin of omission would be where the Holy Spirit is prompting you to share your faith or in a life-giving way or loving on a, a, a neighbor or co-worker and, and just beginning to bridge, to build a bridge of sharing the gospel and not in a legalistic, not, not viewing your co-worker as a project. You know, a lot of times Christians and some, you know, they've got, Christians got a bad rap because they brought it on themselves and, you know, they feel I got to share my faith, share my faith, and they're absolutely obnoxious. You say, well, well, they're sharing their faith. No. How many know people are not projects? They're people. And Jesus and faith in Christ, you're not a project. You're a person to him. And he loved you. And Jesus loves you as a person, not as a project of a notch. Well, I got another one going to heaven. No, Jesus loves you as a person. Amen. And so, so these are some things of sin of omission and sin of uh, commission. You know, by definition, righteousness is doing something right. Okay, We're not talking works here, but operating in the obedience that Christ has given us. And, and, and really, a lot of times we've reduced it to doing nothing wrong. We've reduced it to doing nothing wrong. In other words, we fixate on sins of the commission. In other words, we fixate on the things of can't do this, don't do this, don't do that, don't go here, don't watch this, don't do that, don't, 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 don't. And, and that's kind of like the rich young ruler. We fixate on the don'ts. And so that really is holiness by subtraction. And really, that's really hypocrisy than holiness. It's the sins of omission what you would have, could have, and should have done that I believe that breaks the heart of God. And that even speaks to me. A lot of times you say, okay, if I, I want to focus on the things here, what I can't do, should do, whatever, just kind of don't do those things. And really the Holy Spirit is more concerned, I believe, about the sins of omission, things that he's called us to, to, to be faithful, obedient servants of him and a good sons and daughters Quick to repent. Come on, somebody. Somebody needs to give an amen, a thumbs up on that one. Uh, maybe there's tension in the home and, and things like that. Releasing things and letting things go. Walking in the Spirit. That's not something that's spooky. That's just being one that's attentive to the Holy Spirit. Uh, one that's a giver. All right? God is concerned about those things. Helping the poor, the infirmed, and loving on those. Supporting missions. Amen? All right now I'm standing in a empty auditorium, but looking at the many, many flags here of nations that we have sown, you have sown. You have sown as a church in for, 
for decades, the last two decades, and uh, tens and thousands of dollars given. Actually, I think as a church, we've given over $800,000 in 20 years expended to missions outward, not just overseas, but stateside in our community and, and, and other parts of this country. You know what? Uh, the, 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 not doing those things, I believe, are sins of omission. That's the heart of God. He cares about them. He cares about them. Somebody say amen. So that's holiness by subtraction. You know, it's like, how do you know that? How do you know that God cares about it? Well, let's just bring it down. Let's, let's bring it down to the nitty gritty. I'm a father. I have three kids, but we're empty nesters now. Kids are gone. And praying quickly, the kids come home. Amen. With their spouses. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there. Uh, but, but regardless, regardless, I am really, really blessed. And I love it when my kids don't do something wrong. Come on, somebody. Amen. I mean, that, that, that blesses my heart as, as a dad that, you know, they had a choice and they chose not to do something wrong. But you know what? I love it even more when they decide to do something right. Amen. When they do something right without me, they're watching whatever and you just hear it. It's like they did something right. In other words, they acted. And I believe our Heavenly Father is preparing good works in advance with our names on them. The Bible says that our Father is ordering our footsteps if we allow Him to, if we allow Him to. The Bible says that our Heavenly Father can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. But here's the thing. We just can't play our Christian walk in defense. Amen? What do you mean, Pastor Mike? We got to play offense at times, okay? There's a time you step back and you heal, and, but then you move on and you move forward, amen? We just can't live our life doing nothing wrong. How many know we have to do something right? How many know that faith is action? Faith is decision. You know, you had to decide to believe. You had, you had to decide to say, you know what? I'm going on that mission trip. Or you had, to, you had to decide to say, you know what? They're going on that trip and I can't go, but I have resources stored up for 10 lifetimes and I'm going to help support that mission trip. Or, you know what? I'm going to help bless the church and their church growth fund and I'm going to give sacrificially to that and, or whatever it may be. I, I don't know. I'm going, to, I'm going to bless my neighbor. I see there's a need or, or you know what? I see my neighbor struggling and maybe it's a, a single mom or a parent situation and one of their kids have an issue with their car and you help fix that car and you just bless them. And that's being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. What does that mean? That's doing something right. And I believe that's in the heart of all believers. You really want to, but you've got to break out of that DMZ zone, that Christian dead man zone. You know, we can't just follow the rules. We have to follow Jesus. That's what this message is about. It's not about following the rules and doing what you know and you believe to think is right. It's following what Jesus wants us to do. That's day in and day out. And that speaks to me. Stepping out of our comfort zone. Stepping out of our comfort zone. So how do we, how do we follow Jesus very quickly? The first step is believing. That's repenting, receiving Christ in your life. That's, that's really the first step. That's the first step. The second step, what I would say, is obey Jesus. Obey Jesus. You know, John 8, 31 says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples indeed. So there's something about Jesus' teaching that is so important for you and I. His words, and the scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, the word of God. The third thing is I would encourage you to get plugged in. Get plugged into a local church. You say, well, right now we're shut down and I get that and that's going to end soon, I believe. You know, that, that day is coming, fast approaching. But then the question comes about, you know, following the rules of following Jesus. And I believe Jesus wants us to get plugged in wherever you may be at. If you're outside of this community and there's a number of great churches in this community, there's great churches all around. Find a Bible believing, preaching and teaching church that worships God. And that's a healthy group of believers and get plugged in, follow Jesus Take that step when the doors open up, amen? And then and then just, just, just don't attend. Don't just attend, get involved. You say, what do you mean? Learn, uh, learn your unique gift. Uh, you know, there are different tests out there, and Myers-Briggs, the DIST, Spiritual Assessment, Enneagram, and I mean, it's just endless to help you discover 
what God has placed within your heart. But you just can't just take that and go, wow, that's great, that's who I am. You've got to step up to the plate. You can't just not do anything, just, you know, not do anything wrong. God is wanting you to do something right. He wants you to step out in obedience. Can you say amen? And so I just want to encourage you that in, in, in conclusion here. And we're going to pray for the moms in a minute here. But as I conclude, I just want to say the story of the rich young ruler is actually one of the saddest stories in the Bible. And the reason is because this guy, he had so much potential. He had so much potential. I mean, he could have leveraged his resources, the money that he had, right? Uh, his network, his energy, he could have leveraged all of that for Jesus' kingdom at that time. Uh, but what did he do? He spent it all on himself. He spent it all on me, myself, and I. He could have leveraged that. He could have, he could have, done, he could have had a, a different ending. But no, he spent it on himself. He thought that was, was going to make him happy. If I just save up all this stuff and I have this great, you know, retirement or whatever and nothing wrong against that, all right? But how many of you know that God blesses us and we use wisdom in retirement? We still need to be a blessing to others, amen? And so the truth of the matter was is those things actually made him feel miserable. Even though he had all of that and he had those resources, he was still miserable. And so what I find that this story reveals and it really... It reveals, and it's a word for all of us here today, and it's this. Our greatest asset becomes our greatest liability, hear me, if we don't use it for God's purposes. Did you hear that? Your greatest asset, it'll become your greatest liability. If you don't use it for God's purposes, you may be an individual say, you know what, I'm not a preacher, teacher, whatever, and all that, but I, I, I like working with my hands and blessing others. Wonderful. That's your greatest asset. Use that for God's purposes. You say, well, I'm really not good with my hands. Can't even turn a screwdriver. I got to call somebody to come. No problem. You can, you can make money. You make lots of money. You have resources. You can use that as your greatest asset for God's kingdom, whatever it may be. God is calling each and every one of us today, hear me, church, to use what God has given us for his kingdom. See, faith is action. Faith is decision. And the question is ringing out, what are you still missing? What are you still missing in your life? Jesus has the answer to that. He has the answer to that. Here's the thing. I believe the rich young ruler became actually the old rich young ruler. How many know that every day ticks by? Years go by, decades go by. We don't get any younger. And I don't know what came across this guy's mind or his synapses at the end of his day where he was about to die. But I can imagine, I can imagine on his deathbed, one thing went across his mind. And it was in the forefront of his mind. Not how much do I have? How much did I accumulate? You know, how many houses? Who's going to maintain and care for all of these things? You know, I think one thing went across his mind and it was this. The moment Jesus said, follow me. And I, I put my head down and my hands down. And I walked away. I believe that tormented him the last moments of his life. Why? I believe those words echoed in his ears. See, it wasn't just some rabbi walking by. It was the king. It was the creator of heaven and earth. Imagine that. Just thinking of Jesus saying to you back then and there, hey, you, sell all you have. Follow me. Who knows what this guy could have been? I mean, he may could have been a one after, you know, uh, uh, Judas went and hung himself that took the place and was there in the Bible and the scriptures. And we read about this rich young ruler and have his name and know who he was. And all of that changed. None of that happened. None of that. Why? Because this guy, hear me, he didn't have the guts to go for it. He didn't have the guts to follow Jesus. And Jesus is asking for each and every one of us today to follow him. That invitation is going off. Jesus is saying, don't hold on to your possessions. Come on. They're futile. Don't hold on to try to grasp security here and your resources. And Jesus is giving an invitation to you and I to follow him wholeheartedly. This guy missed the opportunity of a lifetime. Hear me, my brothers and sisters. I don't want you to do that today. I don't want to do that today with my life. 
I don't believe you want to do that today with your life. Don't miss the opportunity today. Let's take a moment and pray. And I want to pray for you. And then we're going to pray for the mothers here in a moment, a Mother's Day prayer. But, 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 but before we conclude this off, I, want to, I just want to challenge you. to, And those of you, you say, you know what, Pastor, I'm not following the Lord. I, I've kind of maybe followed the rules, kind of, you know, kind of. And I'm not like this guy, and or I may not be rich or whatever, or maybe you have wealth that's immaterial, that doesn't matter. But you realize, like, I really, I've tried to do good, you know, but see, my good outweighs my bad, that's it. You, you're, you're missing the mark. You're missing the mark. Jesus wants to be Lord of your life. Say, I don't understand. What do I need to do? It's a simple prayer. Salvation is a free gift, but you ch choose and decide. And, and here's the thing, going back to, you're, you're just not a project to the Lord. You're a person. I want you to hear that today. You're not a project to be won over. You're a person. And Jesus cares about you, the person. Hear me? He cares about you, the person. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. You may have the nice house, you know, not far from the ocean or whatever, beautiful landscape, many acres. I, I don't know what your surrounding is. And you're sitting there and you go, what am I missing? <laughs> You know, wife, kids, whatever. And what am I missing? Those are all blessings in, in your life. But Jesus is putting his finger out and saying, I want you to follow me. I want you to follow me. I will give you life everlasting. I'm speaking to those that, that you don't have that assurance. Today is a great day. Today is a great day. You know what? I just feel too, as I was praying for this moment of conclusion here, to pray specifically about this maybe... Just actually to, to, to apologize. I'm going to go out on a limb. To apologize for some of the foolishness that's been out there with many Christians. Uh, you know what? God bless them. <clears throat> they have probably zeal without a lot of knowledge. And, and, and maybe they've communicated things. And I know I have in the past. And, and I haven't done it in the right spirit. And viewing people as projects and not people. And, and you know, just kind of get people saved. And missing the mark totally on that. And I just want to say, on behalf of all of the wrong thinking she's experienced through maybe some quote-unquote Christians. I'm sorry for that. That's not the heart of God. Once again, the Lord views you as a person and He loves you. He loves you. You say, Pastor, pray for me. I, I need the Lord. I'm willing to take that step. Let's take a moment right now. You're not joining this church, but you are joining the family of God. And that's the most important thing in this new journey of faith. Let's take a moment and pray. Say, say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me, O oh Lord. I have followed the rules, but I really haven't followed you. Jesus, I make a decision today to follow you. I surrender my life to you. Thank you for saving me. I give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Friends, I believe if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, God meant it. And he is, he is right here. He filled you with his presence and his spirit right where you're at. And the Bible says you are born again. And I want to encourage you. Let us know. Let someone know. Let them know and say, you know, uh, I've prayed and I, I recommitted my life to Christ. And I, I know that I'm born again. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. And in these next few moments here, uh, I want to pray specifically for the moms, the moms here this Mother's Day. And, you know, there's been some unique challenges for moms and so many different scenarios with kids being at home now, not being able to go to school. And uh, our, you know, as parents, your, your lives being disrupted and and so your kids are around you, which is a blessing, but, you know, you're just trying to find your new normal, and, 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 and there are challenges. Yes, there are challenges. Some of you deal with kids that, you know, maybe maybe sick with the flu or something, and, you know, all, all these issues like that, and they're unique challenges. You know what? I just want to speak a prayer blessing. And so, husbands, if you're around and mom's there, and you know, maybe it's an empty nester situation, or maybe you got some teenagers and your whole family's there, you know, let's take a moment. Let's make this a spiritual moment, uh, dads uh, 
and or moms, if you're just a single mom with kids, I want you to know we're, we're speaking a blessing over your life right now, a prayer blessing. And, and I really believe the Holy Spirit is going to come into your living room, and dining room, bedroom, wherever you guys may be at, out on the deck, wherever you're watching this uh, online, that he's going to speak to you right now, even through this prayer, as we speak a blessing of comfort and peace. So would you take a moment with me and, and let's pray for the mothers. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord God, today we give you thanks for the mothers among us. And we ask that you strengthen them in their daily tasks. Grant them wisdom in the lessons they teach, patience in the discipline they foster, and persistence in their promotion of decency and compassion, both by word and example. May they be given the honor and thanks they deserve, but often do not receive. We thank you for all the motherly figures, the grandmothers, the aunts, the sisters, the wives, the stepmothers, the foster mothers, the guardians, the babysitters, the teachers, the healthcare providers, the neighbors, the friends, the loved ones, and many others. Many others who practice self-sacrifice and embody compassion to all who are privileged to be in their influence. Grant them vigor to carry on their work and the satisfaction that the that the holy privilege of their task affords. We acknowledge to you, O oh God, that even amid our grateful celebration today of Mother's Day, many of us come with restless spirits, reluctant to name the difficulties of this day. For some, this day brings the sorrowful awareness of their own inability to conceive biological children. Draw your tender spirit near to their feelings of self-betrayal and grief and remind them that those who struggle with infertility have always shared a special place in your heart. We pray for those who have suffered miscarriages, those fatigued by fertility treatments, and those struggling through the process of adoption. May they remember that in your power and through your church, they can still leave a lasting legacy beyond themselves. For some, this day, is marked by loneliness and grief as they spend this first Mother's Day as a widow or an orphan or a parent who has lost a child. To those who today live in the wake of the death of a loved one, grant glimpses of the resurrection. Be to them a steady restoration of their broken hearts. Allow them to live into the future with hope and empower them to carry out the legacy of lessons instilled within each and every one of them. For some, this day, this is the day that surfaces ongoing tensions that exist within our personal relationships and family dynamics. We ask for healing from the wounds of our past and a path of forgiveness for wrongs both experienced and committed. And the rebuilding of trust forged in honesty, authenticity, and love. We give you thanks for the wide spectrum of motherhood represented among us today. New mothers, young mothers whose children are in their most tender years, mothers of grown children who transition into empty nests in a new chapter of self-discovery, mothers and grandmothers of advanced years whose twilight of life is marked by frailty of body but a potency of spirit. There is a cumulative reminder that though our lives are marked by transition and change, your nurture and affection for all your children remains the same. Therefore, Lord God, remind us today to live with a childlike faith, curious to every wondrous mystery, attentive to your every instruction, obedient to your every command, and willing to share with every one of your children. We give you thanks, O God, who is the loving mother and father to us all. And it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray and bless the mothers today. Amen. 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 Thank you. God bless you. Have a blessed day in the Lord. Hopefully we see you sooner than later. Amen. Amen.